Hello and welcome to Couch Talk. Today we have Nitin Sundar, sub-editor at Crick Info. Nitin mans from time to time uh, the ball-by-ball commentary on Crick Info. Um, so we'll get to hear from him how the whole operation works. Nitin, welcome to Couch Talk. Hi, Sundar. Thanks for having me. Hi, my pleasure. Um, what made you go for this job at uh, Crick Info? Um, okay, before I came here, I was working for 16 months on a consulting job and uh, I was working out of Dubai for a while and Singapore and KL. I spent most of that time all tabbing into and out of Quick Info, which seemed like a difficult thing to do, uh, sitting in an office where you're supposed to at least act productive if you aren't productive. Mm-hmm. That seemed like a very pointless and, you know, a, a vicarious way to live close to cricket and, uh, yeah, I, I thought, why not just give this a shot at some point? But it's not like I just packed my bags one day and uh, came over, uh, you know. In a sense, the stars kind of aligned because my wife was also looking for a switch and she got a job of offer in Bangalore. Mm. And once I came to Bangalore, I thought uh, I just couldn't stop myself from checking out this option and things just happened. So. Oh, okay. So how long have uh, you been with Cricket for now? Uh, it's, I'm closing in on two years now. Uh, this December, it would be two years with Quick Info. Yeah. Oh, okay. How has the experience been so far? It's been a fine experience. I, I've uh, got to do all the things that when you are outside Quick Info and you read the site, where you see people doing the ball-by-ball commentary and doing match reports. I, when I joined Quick Info, I didn't realize that I would get these opportunities so early in my stint with them, but I did. And in that sense, it's been great. I, it's the other thing is, every day of the week, we don't have weekends, right? We, we mm-hmm. do get two days off during the week, but that can be at any time in the week. So, day in and day out, it's just watching cricket and uh, following cricket, covering cricket, which is good in a sense because you never feel, oh shit, I need to go to work again <laughs> tomorrow morning because it is cricket at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. There's a little bit of cricket in all of us from India at least. Yeah. And in that sense, it has been it's, it's a very fulfilling job in that sense. So, um, what does the day in the life of a cricket for sub editor look like? You know, do, when do you set up your schedules, and uh, you know, when do you come in? Uh, you know, I'm assuming it's based on ma- what matches you're allotted to and all that. But what does a day look like? Right. A lot of people ask me, like, uh, so there's no match tomorrow, so why do you need to go to office? So the thing is, a sub editor job though it revolves largely around matches, doesn't end there. Uh, any word you read on the site, right, anything, any written word, mm-hmm. goes through the hands of a sub-editor, be it a feature or an interview, anything written by anybody else, even the videos, though we don't actually, or the audios, we don't actually produce them, but we check them before they go up on the site. So in that sense, it's a 24 by 7 job of running the site, driving all the content that goes on the site. That said, uh, given the amount of cricket being played these days, the, the question, what will you do tomorrow if there's no match itself, becomes redundant for over 200 days out of the 365 in a year. Mm-hmm. 
in those remaining 165 days you have players getting injured players recovering from injuries players biting balls <laughs> talking about bouncers on the field former players defending the you know claims that their commentary is biased towards a particular board squads get named series get announced and we are not just talking about international cricket here we we cover age group cricket almost all the way up to under 17s mm-hmm. we even cover papua new guinea versus samoa <laughs> we cover domestic cricket in all the major nations mm-hmm. so i don't know whether cricketers are complaining about overloaded schedules or not but subreditors are freaking for sure yeah so um let's say you uh, let's take an example for today you go in uh, at let's say noon or whenever that you will go in and uh, the time of recording it's going to be the fifth day of uh, zimbabwe versus pakistan test match at bulawayo right um so what would your day be like today today uh, actually is an easier day for me because i'm off uh, the usual subreditor routine which is which is to normally look at the whole cricketing world you know access all sources of news that we get and see what's happening so there are a few developments already well, the recent developments being that you know for instance rohit sharma got injured no man of story has been called as a replacement mm-hmm. we know that sachin tendulkar is injured and he's going to visit the specialist today so that news is going to break at some time today so we know exactly what how what news is going to move today and most of the time our job is to keep tabs on how how it develops but i am going to have a privileged life today because i'm just going to sit and watch one particular match and i'm going to do the match report for that so okay. it's, it's a lot more straightforward than what my other subreddit colleagues are going to be doing so for, for them it would be accessing our picture sources for taking pictures you know the site needs to be fresh and it's images that give give it that look and feel mm-hmm. so that's one of the aspects then we have new starting websites that we cover we have our sources so that's pretty much the gamut so typically the man who comes in first right our uh, our day starts at 8 am in india mm-hmm. right? and uh, that's when somebody goes in. and the first thing you will see up on the site sometime after 8 am maybe 810 or 815 would be the on this day mm-hmm. right which is the uh, or the all today yesterday where we look at all the important events that have happened on that particular day correct in the history of cricket So that's how a subreddit job starts. It starts by putting that up. We obviously already have that in the database, mm-hmm. but we change it every day in the morning. And the second thing that you will see are the specials, the specials panel on the left of the site. Mm-hmm. So those are already ready and they're good to go. They're already subreddited, and so then the subreddit, the subreddit puts that up. Put putting that up meaning giving it the right picture caption, giving it, you know, a blurb on the left which makes sense when you read it and you click on it and. It, it flows from that so by around 9 am this all all of this is done and then the third task that we do is the the handover from the previous night so the day ends at 12 midnight indian standard time though mm-hmm. our colleagues in australia do log in uh, in the interim between 12 12 midnight and 8 am uh, they mostly look at the australia stuff they aren't uh, full on into the uh, subreditting part of the site So if there's any handover from the previous night or if some some news is broken in that intervening period of eight hours then mm-hmm. that goes up after that. So by the time you do all this it's you already 3 uh, hours into the day. Okay. And then you just keep track of news for the rest of the day. So that's pretty much how it goes. So when it comes to uh, you know a ball by ball uh, commentary yeah 
um, so for one particular test match, how many people will be allotted? And if you have more than one test matches, uh, one test match or uh, ODIs or, you know, World Cups when you have two matches going in the same day or IPL or whatever, uh, you know, how does that work? You know, how many people in the setup and what does the setup look like in your office? Okay. Uh, so across all our offices, I think the editorial team is around 20 people, a little lesser than 20 actually. And not all of us do ball by ball. The most senior people don't do ball by ball. And the newbies who haven't yet started off on ball by ball, obviously, are still just doing the subbing work. So what that means is we have around uh, 10 of us, I think, who do ball by ball, give or take a couple. Mm -hmm. So our schedules or, uh, you know, the number of people allotted to do a particular game is basically decided by the the schedule of cricket itself. Mm -hmm. So if there are three games on a day, it, it becomes almost impossible to allot uh, too many people for one particular match because we also need people to do the match report. Mm -hmm. And both of these are invariably done from the office. Lots of people ask, uh, ask me and I find it quite surprising that they that they are surprised to find out that we don't do ball by ball from the ground. Mm. You know, they, they think we go there, we, we sit and watch the action live. That, of course, is logistically a nightmare. Mm -hmm. and secondly, the most important thing for ball by ball is a very stable internet connection. And Correct. a fast and reliable internet connection. And you can't always rely on media boxes to provide that. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, now we've just had the uh, Sri Lanka-Australia test match end. And uh, Sunday was a day when three matches happened. Yeah. International side by side. So Australia, Sri Lanka, you had India versus England, the ODI, and you had Zimbabwe, Pakistan. So across these three games, I think around six of us on that day were involved on ball by ball. And uh, so the Zimbabwe-Pakistan test match is it's, good. it's a full five-day test match, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at it on every particular day, we only had one person doing the entire 90 overs of action. Because given the, the calendar at this particular time, you can't... You can't have more than one person for that match. Mm. So it's it's entirely decided by the, by the calendar. Really. The India-England test matches, for instance, we had three people on any particular day handling a session each. Mm. So that's the way it goes. You don't have any other cricket that helped. Like, is it like a you know bat cave uh, where you're sitting in a room with uh, multiple TV screens? So you know you are at a desk with a computer and you know you're typing away, and the guy has another computer with a scoring software. He's looking at the uh, match, uh, and then you know a couple of other guys come in, coming in, delivering you pizza. How does it work? That's pretty much how it works. The, so the scorers sit in their own cabins, right? So there are like, uh, we have three scoring cabins in Bangalore. Uh, whereas the the editorial team sits in a bullpen in a bigger room, all of us share the area. There we have like three or four televisions, we swap channels. So the TV on your left will be showing India, Australia, the TV on your right, you'll probably be following some other match, right? Okay. And uh, it's not as uh, hectic as you might imagine. The scorers, I think, actually spend a lot of time watching YouTube. The only thing they need to do is see exactly the instant where the ball is bowled and what the batsmen are. And then they can again go back to YouTube or whatever. So it's, it's actually not that difficult for them. Whereas for, uh, for the ball ball guy, obviously, the, he uses the time the bowler takes to go back to the run-up to describe the previous ball. Mm -hmm. it, we have an office in Bombay. And uh, so the guy, like yesterday, said Munga was doing the Zimbabwe Park commentary from Bombay. And I was on the report in Bangalore, right? Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he had to have lunch. So he just pinged me on Messenger and said, can you just do a couple of overs? So he goes out, I go in, I do the commentary. Nobody knows that we even swapped. And he was back on a couple of overs later. So. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. So uh, are people from uh, the higher-ups in Cricket Info not supposed to know that, uh, you know, you subbed for uh, Monga? <laughs> no, no, nothing of that kind. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> So, um, for example, um, you know, you have Cricket Info offices in UK and Australia. Um, and, for example, we, we had the India-England series. So, do you have people from UK, working from the UK offices, taking over the commentary, ball-by-ball commentary uh, bulletin duties uh, from the Indian side of the operations? You know, yes, India-England series is a good example of how we share our resources as well. If you have followed our, I mean, obviously, uh, anybody who's followed our coverage closely in Indian England series would have seen that almost everything was a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. And not that it was planned that way, but it helped that our two biggest setups are India and England. And that series, at least when it started, was expected to be the biggest series of the year after the World Cup. Because uh, things turned out in a different way. So, it helped that we could actually deploy our resources in that way. So, any day on commentary, you would see that the first session was being done by one of our uh, uh, London colleagues, either Liam Brickell or Sahil Dutta. Mm-hmm. And later in the day, somebody from Bangalore, you know, myself or uh, Siddharth Ravindran or Abhishek Prohit or George Binoy, one of us was doing the second session. And then again, in the third session, there was a swap. And we had this, we have this new thing called the over-by-over chat, mm-hmm. which we started off at the World Cup. So that... Uh, it's done on a series-by-series series basis. We don't do it all the time. Now, that again is a full-time, a full-day job like the uh, ball by ball. So, we had a separate rota for that as well. And again, we were swapping between the London and India offices. Similarly, a match report also was split between our London staff and our India staff through that series. So, in that sense, it happens in a very seamless fashion. Um, so, then when you have uh, matches, let's say... Uh in West Indies or yeah. uh, in, in no, right now in Zimbabwe, then you basically all your operations are done from Bangalore? More or less, yes. Uh, it does happen at times that uh, you have India playing a very big series and maybe there's some other series. That generally doesn't happen. I think most of the time, any cricket that happens in West Indies, Unless Australia or England are directly involved in that series, so England are going to Australia. In England are going to West Indies. Then our England office would still cover it. Okay. Or if Australia goes to West Indies, our Australian writers would cover it. But if any other team goes to the West Indies, it would be done out of India. And that's the same is true for cricket in uh, New Zealand, which I think is the the worst timing as far as India is concerned because our uh, the match coverage begins at what 3 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically, we have two guys covering any test match that happens in New Zealand, right? And they would be on a completely different uh, life cycle for those five days. <laughs> they wake up at uh, 2.30 and they'll probably be zombies going back home a little after midday in India. So, doesn't uh, your personal life take a big hit, you know? I, was, I know you're married, uh, you know, other people are, of course, probably married. Um, 
So doesn't your life take a hit? You know, you have your wife go to work and then you go to work at another time. Basically, you may have days together where you don't see your better half. It can happen and it typically happens when cricket happens in the West Indies and in, uh, and in New Zealand. But that's it. It's not all the time that you end up doing a, a shift that begins at 7 p.m., which is when it begins if you're working on a West Indies match. You know, it begins at 7 p.m. and ends at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, that doesn't happen all the time. What the, the other thing, other side of that coin is that uh, a Cricket Info subeditor's job is basically 24-7, and in India, it ends at midnight. And so that means you work at any time between 8 a.m. in the morning and 12 midnight. And lots of those shifts will actually begin around 4 p.m. in the evening. So in that sense, yes, uh, if you're coming back home after midnight, you your uh, personal life does take a beating. But uh, I don't know how much different it is compared to the corporate world now. So <laughs> in the sense, it is comparable. So. Um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, s- senior folks probably don't do ball-by-ball commentary and newbies don't do. So what do the newbies do to... Uh, you know, get into ball by ball, you know, is it typing speed or is it uh, ability to crack puns? What is it? <laughs> no, it's not officially tested, as in whether you are suitable to do ball by ball or not. But I guess the faster you can type, it is the better. But it's not tested before you, you're given a stint. And I think at some point early in your click and life, you are given the option of whether you want to do ball by ball or not. And most of us obviously jump jump at that option because it's something that, seeing on the outside, it seems like the nicest thing that you could do on Quick Info. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, frankly, before I joined Quick Info, I don't think my typing speed was very good. Uh, I've never gone for a formal typing uh, course session or anything of that kind, you know, a typing course or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all... Uh, it just happened. It helps to have the same keyboard all the time. And beyond a point, you do realize the faster you type, the easier it is for you. Because you need to get the descriptions out. But the good thing about, uh, or rather, what makes some freaking for ball by ball items better than others, I would say, is that the ability to know which balls to you know spend time on. Mm-hmm. Especially in a test match that... You can go through entire overs of, you know, the same ball being bowled. Like yesterday you had Raymond Price bowl 50 overs, of which around 25 were maidens. And most of those balls were just tossed up on leg stump and Eunice Khan was just defending them. So you don't want to spend too much time describing the same ball over and over again, unless it's of strategic import to the game. Right? So hmm. in that sense, you, you know how to pace yourself by doing commentary. The, the challenge is completely different in a 2020 game, for instance, which are typically the toughest to do ball by ball for. And the, the third type of challenge is the middle overs in a one-day game, when the game just goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. You need, But it's not really sleeping, because you know that both teams are playing to some kind of plan. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you just learn these tricks as you go, I guess. And uh, it's not tested before you get on the job. So you have one guy um, describing the action, and then I'm assuming you have one guy entering the scores, and then another guy who is probably in charge of, say, uh, you know, tea time bulletin, uh, lunch bulletin, etc. So you have three then? That's right. At any given time when a match is going on, there are at least three people on it. Okay. So, as you say, the scorer, the commentator, and the person on the report. So 
the score is if you look at the ball by ball page right assume that uh, it's india south africa and dave stain is going to penalty mm-hmm. so what you would see is say over number 23.2 stain to tendulkar comma four run comma mm-hmm. the description yeah so the first three inputs right mm-hmm. the over number the ball number the bowler's name the batsman's name and the number of runs scored all of this is the scorer's input okay everything that follows that comma is the commentator's input and so we have two people working in the system and uh, the scorer's input goes goes up as soon as it's ready that's why sometimes you see you know you you see the description you don't see the description but you know what has happened in that ball okay. same to tenulkar out got for bit right mm-hmm. that's all you know and then <laughs> a couple of seconds later the description appears mm-hmm. three lines of four lines so the commentator keeps updating as he goes unless the scorer gives his input the commentator cannot give his okay but it's not the other way around okay okay makes sense makes sense um so, so you mentioned uh, about the odi game you know the middle overs going to sleep so i'm sure you have come across many situations you know test matches or odis um, you know the quality of cricket is you know putrid basically how do you keep your spirits up i found that invariably the boring situations are directly linked to the quality of the pitch and not necessarily the quality of the cricketers right the mm-hmm. same players can uh, become very exciting to watch and entertaining to watch if the pitches are good so the example would be my my debut ball by ball game my first test match it was the uh, second test between india and sri lanka at the sinhali sports club last year uh, if you remember that game it uh, the first innings ended only on the fifth morning he was a road of a pitch i remember that yeah and on the fifth morning you had pragyan oja and ishan sharma who were number 10 and number 11 they nearly batted out an entire session now that's the kind of thing where the match really gets good uh, though that match was a real bore but since it was my debut i found i found it extremely exciting so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way it goes so you still have an answer how do you keep your spirits up when such things happen uh yeah so we often draw from the reader right it helps that people are as crazy about cricket as we are so even the most boring matches you have people following them and giving us pearls on commentary feedback right so at times you start punning i remember during this india sri lanka test match the game was so slow uh just before this test match i think inception had released mm-hmm. and i just watched the movie so we had entire sessions of that test match where we were linking the action to you know uh, things from inception <laughs> so you had uh, ishant again was the example but he ran one of his runs so slowly he was running but he was just moving so slowly and he was almost run out and one of our commentary feedbackers said was he in a fourth level dream or was he in limbo why was he moving so slowly <laughs> i move slowly when you're in you know in a third level dream stuff like that uh during the world cup we had the limericks we kept trying uh, asking people to send in limericks and the best part is that some of the utterly ridiculous uh, feedback that you get from people who don't know what limericks are they just send you rhymes <laughs> right <laughs> but but that's a that, i mean it, it it adds to the entertainment you can add that in as well and we do that often on puns are of course always a favorite mm-hmm. and doppelgangers are another favorite mm-hmm. so you ask you know who resembles who so like lots of doppelgangers actually have come out we have the session on double section on doppelgangers on page 2 uh, lots of the inputs actually come from commentary feedback ah like scott cyrus and michael douglas i remember this came when i was on ball by ball commentary oh i see yeah 
So the guy who is doing the ball by ball uh, commentary, he's in charge of uh, moderating the feedback as well. You know, whose comments get in, whose comments don't. Absolutely. Uh, so when you have a really busy game or a, or a really well watched game of cricket, we get anything between I don't know 100 and 500 comments every minute. Oh and wow. Obviously, yeah, and obviously the guy doing the ball by ball can't read all of these 500 comments. He probably reads one in every hundred, and even that would be stretching it for a really busy game. I'm saying. So if that one comment is good, it goes up. If it's not good, it's rejected. So it's a very hit and miss process in that sense. Though when when you have cricket in New Zealand, for instance, right? New Zealand playing say uh, Sri Lanka in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So that's typically a game where not to you wouldn't be having the same number of people watching. And the guys who are following commentary for that would tend to be fans from New Zealand, right? And you can say who the feedbacker is by reading his feedback. Mm -hmm. It's some of the best comments you get are from these fans who sit in New Zealand because they don't take their team seriously. <laughs> Much like their own players, you could say. And that, that's what makes New Zealand cricket so good to watch. It's a very small talent pool. They maximize their resources. But they have. I mean, you look at Chris Martin. Do you think he's taking cricket seriously? <laughs> well, so, I would like to believe so. Well, at least when he's batting, I doubt he uh, <laughs> In the well, YouTube video of his batting, I <laughs> you have You have a lot of these characters. So, all these come to the fore. And, yes, and then what happens in, in a New Zealand match, you actually have time to read every single piece of feedback. And you can build brilliant discussions around them. And at times, that's what keeps you going through those boring middle overs, uh, you know, and the game is dead. What are some of the, you know, very interesting uh, matches that you have seen? Uh, and, you know, besides that uh, SSC match between India and Sri Lanka, the boring, most boring ones that you have covered? I've so far not had the luck of covering a really exciting test match. It's just unfortunate. Like the Mohali test match last year when Lakshman and Nishan Sharma scored those runs in the end and beat mm -hmm. Australia. Yeah. So I was on commentary on each of the first four days, I think, and I only missed the last day. Uh, but but I was at home, and it, that is the kind of game where you like to sit and watch the match without being distracted. So that there is a plus side to that. And, and the same thing happened in the PSR test match again, where Lakshman scored those runs on the last day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that's the way it goes. I think uh, some of the most memorable times I've had on ball ball commentary, and this one actually stands out in my mind. It was during last year's Champions League, so it was around 12 months back. It was a Chennai-Bangalore match, and they, are play, they were playing in South Africa last year. Mm -hmm. right? uh, there was a huge rain break in the middle of this, uh, it was a semi-final game. Yeah. And there was a rain break for around uh, two hours or more during that game. I, I remember that we had a really lovely discussion going, because just before that rain came down, uh, I think the rain came down after two overs or something. I think one over before that, uh, there was this uh, big chant coming from the ground, from the crowd, right? They were going, Guntalakadi Gumawa, Chennai na Sumawa. And they were, <laughs> these were in South Africa, Chennai fans in South Africa, coming up with a Tamil uh, slogan, right? Yeah. Obviously, being a Tamilian myself, I understood it and I put it up on form. And then the rains came down and people were like, so what does that mean? And I had a really tough time trying to explain what Gumta Lakkadi Gumawa means. <laughs> right? So, and that gave me... And, and then 
you have people who aren't aware of uh, hindi trying to explain to themselves what it means they said does it mean jeetega by jeetega i said no it doesn't mean it means nothing and <laughs> you wouldn't understand it unless you understand how you know tamil folksy singing works often <laughs> the words don't mean anything <laughs> that was one of them and that discussion went on and on for a really long time and it gave way somehow to a session on uh, you know the most ridiculous type of funding and you had this feedback coming from uh, uh, one of our uh, readers it had something there was a player called Shane Berger who was playing in that series yeah, and you had Robin Mustafa and uh, you know he built up this entire sequence where he went like uh, McDonald's has uh, Shane Berger made up of uh, Graham onions and Uttappa is made up of Clive Rice. However, uh, Graham Swan always goes to Mark Butcher. Uh, some, some nonsense of that kind. <laughs> and and when, when it starts raining, it's these things that really keep you going. And uh, the other thing that these are at this match, once again, I remember Taranga Parnavitana was batting. Right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes impossible to say Parnavitana every ball. Parnavitana leans out and defends. Parnavitana defends again. Parnavitana lets the ball go. By the time I type out Parnavitana and get the spelling right, the bowler has already bowled two more balls. <laughs> so I decided to shorten his name. His first name is Taranga. So I started using Taranga. Immediately a few of us Sri Lankan fans were like, what are you saying? Taranga is not playing this match. They obviously thought Upul Taranga. Uh-huh. But then I was like, okay, give me some slack guys. <laughs> I can't go with his second name. So I'm using his first name. Okay. So I, I reached a... Uh, some kind of a compromise i said i'll just say parana instead of parnavitana because i don't have the time to type out parnavitana mm-hmm. then somebody replied parana you do you know that parana means old man i was like okay i didn't know that <laughs> you have a problem with that as well okay then i'll go with vitana is it vitana means big man don't use that <laughs> you literally i ended up calling him para okay para which of course means uh, yeah something very random in tamil yeah but they were okay with that so so that's the kind of discussion that keep the boring games going for you, even so, when the rain comes out you know you brought up a great point you know like you make uh, one silly mistake here because you know you're covering uh, 90 overs a day or 100 overs a day in case of an odi uh, you know 600 balls uh, almost <clears throat> and uh, you know there is humanly po- it's humanly possible that you may make an error here and there but every time you make an error it's you know it's glorified and somebody would uh, you know immediately put it on uh, cricket uh, sorry twitter saying like hey espn cricket was so and so how do you deal with it you know like every little tiny little error you may make you know somebody is out there to point it out for you that uh, actually doesn't happen so much because uh, i think uh, as far as ball by ball commentary goes i think uh, people really appreciate what we do because uh, the amount of description that we managed to bring in in that short amount of time most of us i think people really appreciate it and they know that the odd typo or the odd mistake can happen like i remember uh, same champions league last year uh, <clears throat> i think uh, it was a bangalore game again against uh, somebody else i don't remember who and there was a run out cameron white was the fielder and uh, it was a direct throw from uh, from mid wicket or something he just missed the stumps so i was describing it was a white throw right and mm-hmm. as you know on the keyboard s and w are close to each other so it became a shite throw <laughs> and i didn't notice this because it's not the kind of typo you make too often 
and then there were a lot of people shit that must have been a really poor throw <laughs> so, so people don't they, they take it as a spirit of thing and the good thing about ball that ball is it lets you amend your typos or any mistake almost immediately oh i see and you always have at least one more person in office who's reading your commentary unless it's a really poor game right mm-hmm. so the bulletin writer invariably has a has his uh, eyes open he's checking what you're writing on com because he's probably going to use a lot of that in building up his match report Oh, so if you make a very blatant error then he points it out so i think within a minute or a couple of minutes you're going to fix it anyways but it's, it's not so bad okay um so how do you um, you know when you do this ball by ball commentary how do you keep yourself objective you know i mean you are probably fan of uh, the indian cricket team and you ha- probably have other loyalties as well um <coughs> how do you keep that from interfering with uh, what you have to do you know sometimes it might uh, you know blur the lines uh it's it's not as difficult as it seems you know uh, okay obviously i i am an indian fan and uh, i do my best to not let that out if india is not playing it's very simple right so i'm neutral i i tend to always support the underdog that's the way i go mm-hmm. unless india is playing mm-hmm. for some reason i support the indian team it's, it's something none of us can explain really <laughs> um so the only criteria when india is not playing is whether the quality of cricket is good so if somebody is besmirching the quality of cricket you know plays a poor shot or misfeeds then you rip into him mm-hmm. and anything that is the opposite of that gets appreciated when india is playing i think i am in the tradition of one of those good fans you know who is very happy when his team does well but also gets really angry when the team doesn't do well <laughs> and, uh, and i think that that's what differentiates a good fan from a partisan fan because a partisan fan he will defend the team even when they are so obviously bad and i don't do that and i think that helps so as a result as you might imagine in the india england series a lot of the feedback that i got when i was on commentary feedback was whether i was biased towards the england team because i tend to rip into the indian team so easily when they do badly and as long as you do that people don't assume that you are biased because at the end of the day how, how hard you criticize your team i, I guess decides whether you are biased towards that team or not so like is it is it a very rewarding rewarding uh, career you know in terms of satisfaction in terms of monetary benefits in terms of things associated with uh, the job itself you know you get to watch cricket which is it's rewarding in every sense except of course for the monetary side okay but uh, but that's only if you compare it with uh, the corporate world i think otherwise it's as an industry cricket uh, journalism is not a poorly rewarding uh, industry okay and uh, i think if you spend enough time in it you do end up going up the value chain so that helps okay. obviously it has to be uh, yeah it, it seems a little different Actually, I, I had to give up a lot of things to come into cricket writing. Yeah. I, yeah. So I have an MBA, and I was working in a very good-paying job outside India. So, all right. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, giving us a window into uh, you know how the whole thing works, ball by ball, and how the life of sub editor uh, works at Cricket for Men. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show. My pleasure, Subhas. Uh, thanks a lot. It's uh, I mean, you had a list of really distinguished cricket people on on the podcast. I think I'm one of the first not so distinguished people, and I'm really proud to be there. Ah, uh, you're being too modest. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> thanks. Okay, thank you.
Couch Talk, 